Hi, I'm Michael Chase and welcome to Cup of Joe. Today we're filming at Canada Post's ninth annual Think Inside the Box conference at the beautiful Carlu. Join us as we have caffeinated conversations with marketing influencers about how brands are transforming the way they engage with people. Today we are speaking with award-winning journalist, innovator, and relationship builder Shane Schick. All right, hello Shane and welcome to Cup of Joe. Thank you. So I've got a question for you. How has storytelling changed in our world? You know, storytelling has changed in, I think, its distribution, in the way that you can get at audiences. What hasn't changed is the elements that make for a great story. You still need a setting, you still need a voice, you still need characters that people are going to care about, and I think you still need a beginning, a middle, and an end of some kind. What's changed, I think, is the potential for new kinds of storytellers to emerge. So whereas storytelling was the purview of journalists like me or for other professional storytellers in movies and television and things like that, I think now because of the digital distribution opportunities, the opportunities that still exist in print, there's ways for brands to tell stories in a way that they haven't before. Stories that are less about their products and services and more about their audiences, which are the stories that everyone really wants to hear about. So as brands grapple with this, let's call it a vacuum for content out there, how do they deal with keeping it high quality, high level of engagement, and then how do they deal with artificial intelligence engines like RankBrain and Google coming in to even vet their content? I think the challenge of working with you know, high quality content is making sure that you focus really on where the conflict is. So what drives a great story? Well, it's a hero that's trying to overcome a challenge of some kind. In traditional advertising, brands are really used to telling positive, uplifting stories about success with their products, success with their services. I think with the kind of stories that we're seeing today that are really resonating with people, it's telling about the pain points, it's telling about the challenges, it's digging deep into what's really mattering to people so that you know they realize that, yeah, that's me in that story. It's not just the, the soap or it's not the detergent that they really care about. It's what journey that person is going through. I think as long as you hone in on what that conflict is, why it matters, and if you can, point to to some of the resolution for that, you'll have a story that will outdo any algorithm, that will outperform any traditional ad. So with MarTech companies obviously scaling from 100 to 3,500 in the span of a year, and a third of people's budgets apparently going towards technology, how, how do you deal or how do you grapple with technology moving in at such a fast pace when you're trying to actually get out there and do marketing and advertising on the same budget? The number one challenge that I'm seeing organizations struggle with on the MarTech side is that they sometimes buy new technology or use technology services without taking a really solid look at what their current state is in terms of data inf information. It's really painful when a brand purchases uh, some kind of analytic system or some new database and then realize that, oh, actually, we've been managing our old data really poorly. It doesn't connect with these other pieces of the organization and we're going to have to do a massive cleanup. Or they've somehow gathered information about their customers over the years and now in a world of privacy laws, they need to ask permission again for people to give more information that can feed that MarTech machine. If you're not willing to do that sort of cleansing opportunity up front or really assessing how good is the quality of my information, I don't think there's any product in the world that's really going to solve your problems. So the, the flip side of the technology world is ad blocking today. Where do you see the future of ad blocking and, and actually getting out your messaging today? 
ad blocking is not going away. I think that even if there are ways to block the blockers, there are going to be consumers that work really hard and use very ingenious ways to find a mechanism to take that off of a web page or off of a mobile app or whatever the experience may be. I think the only thing that really allows you to get past ad blocking is if you have content that's so compelling that people don't really see it as ads. And you know, there are some questions I think that linger around you know native advertising or content marketing or some of the various forms. And yes, you have to label things appropriately. People have to understand where this message is coming from. But ultimately, the product, which is the story, needs to break through that barrier. That's been true of traditional media from the very beginning. And I think now it's just true of the kind of content and stories that brands are telling. If they can do that well, though, I don't think there's any ad blocker in the world that can stop it. So that said, what's one of your favorite examples of a great content marketing play out there today? It's funny. The, there's a number of publications that I find myself reading that I didn't necessarily even think about being content marketing at first, but I've come to recognize that, oh, of course it is, but I've just gotten used to enjoying it. So there's uh, a venture capital firm uh, in the States called First Round. They created a, an online magazine called First Round Review. And I would say it ranks right up there with even the Harvard Business Review in telling really deep stories about the startup community, what it takes to build and grow a business. It's such a great read. Uh, Net-A-Porter, uh, an online uh, e-commerce uh, retailer, has a sort of men's side, uh, Mr. Porter. And for a couple years now, they've been publishing something called Mr. Porter's Journal. And again, if you put it next to the websites of GQ and Esquire and all those, you know, traditional men's magazines, it's great profiles and things like that uh, that, you know, for me are, are, are well worth reading. So I think that there's more and more organizations that get it. Uh, they've actually extended their life in a long period of time. Another one is uh, Harry Rosen. Harry Magazine is celebrating 20 years uh, this year. So, you know, that was, we used to call it a Magalog. But I think now, if you look on the newsstands, and it's still on the newsstands, there's a great Canadian success story of someone who's managed to tell amazing stories, not about clothes, but about what it means to dress as a man. Uh, those are things that I look at all the time. Can you tell me one thing brands can do today to transform the way they engage with people? I think the number one things that brands can do today to transform the way they engage with people is really start listening to customers in a different way. So don't look for feedback on you know, your products and services. Don't look for what's going to be the next opportunity to get at these people. Really listen to how are they, how are they living their lives? How does their workday go from end to end? Uh, what are the challenges that they encounter along the way? They may have nothing to do with what you as a company can offer them. But if you show that you are noticing that, that you understand that, that you have some empathy with it, I think those are where some of the first stories are really going to come from. And I think it's really going to transform the way that they talk to those people. So thank you, Shane. Fascinating look at the world of media and where things are going today. Thank you.